The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Uh, I am back, and I really Yay. appreciate this girls group uh, for really rallying because this is a passion project I'm so proud of. I love that we've got so many awesome girls that can talk ball. And then, Haley, you've been so awesome locking in here. On days yeah. that I can't host, she'll be hosting. And then, of course, we have a little bit of a rotation with Kelsey Charles. I kind of alluded to it on Twitter, and I didn't quite know what to say about it because the news was uh, kind of fresh. But the reason why I've been a little bit uh, scatterbrained lately is I found out that my mom has terminal cancer. So that's tough. Um, she started chemo on Monday. And so I think I was just kind of decompressing and yeah. resetting and breathing through the information and the news. And so we're hoping that we get at least a year with her. Um, but in the meantime, like I said, this job and uh, talking Cowboys has been such a nice distraction. And I love being able to talk about a win. So, uh, yes. And I'm like, what day is today? Oh, yeah, today is Wednesday. So Wednesday, we were able to see Dak Prescott back at practice. And we saw him, Haley, because you and I got to see this as the open portion uh, available to the media. Throwing with not the right hand, but... The, the left, left hand. Yeah, I actually tweeted pictures of it because if you're not, if you weren't paying attention, you didn't realize it because it looks pretty natural. I'm sure a lot of quarterbacks can do that too. Uh, but I made sure when I tweeted to tweet the pictures of him going through uh, quarterback school and going through his progressions, he very clearly takes it and then puts on this and he's same thing he does on his right hand, but with his left. Uh, and then even told us in the locker room afterwards, like, oh, like, I'm so glad you guys enjoyed that. I was, I was giving you guys a show or so just... Comical. And ladies, I don't know about you guys. I get there's a level of gamesmanship. But as I was sort of tossing this around with some of the guys, because it took me a second to notice it. At first, I was like, oh, that the ball's got a little bit of a zip on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's coming out of the left hand, right? Uh, we started speculating, well, why do that? And I think the reason why they don't put him out there in front of us isn't because they're planning to sneak him in here on Friday and say no, he's starting right. against the Eagles. I think the reason is as he starts throwing – they don't want us taking pictures of it and talking about it. Exactly. Analyzing it. Speculating, right? And all that, yeah. And so uh, he did say in the locker room that he wanted everyone to talk to the receivers. And what did the rece receivers have to say? And they said he had a little bit of pop on it. But remember, we talked about this, guys. Mm -hmm. I didn't think the Eagles was a good game for him to come back to mm -hmm. yeah. anyway. Mm -hmm. Aisha, did it change your mind at all? Because remember we talked about... Cooper Rush, what if he gets a win against the Rams? And then what if you bring in Dak and he struggles on the road in Sunday Night Football, how that would be for his psyche? After seeing Cooper Rush and this specifically the defense do what they did on the road on Sunday, do you like the move here that one more week Cooper Rush? I think it makes sense, actually, you know, with what how the flow of things are going with this offense. But honestly, with the matchup, I think that it makes sense that it's okay that they continue to play with, um, with Cooper Rush. I think... Uh, the Cowboys should have spots to be able to run the ball. Like, there's going to be opportunity there for them. And I, I think that if this offense wants to come out and kind of prove they can move the ball, this is the defense to do it against. It's definitely the toughest test here, I guess you want to say. Um, 
But with Cooper Rush, like I'm, I, this is the better decision. This is the best decision. Yeah. I did not. I was in a place to where I was like, I don't want to rush Dak back in any capacity. And for them to, you know, kind of slow play it again. Like Mike McCarthy don't play about <laughs> injuries, y'all. Like I don't know when everybody gonna get it, but <laughs> he don't play. And so I, I'm okay with this decision. Absolutely. Yeah, and especially after going back, and Aisha's gonna be so proud of me. I was watching all 22 uh, all morning, so she's, she's my girl. Gonna be so yes. proud of that. And so. Um, you know, what I was noticing is how the Eagles defense is quick on the pass rush. And that makes me nervous in terms of putting Dak in for this specific game. Um, not because I don't think he can go in and win, but I I always worry about the re-injury portion of things and, mm-hmm. and putting somebody back in too prematurely. And we talked about it, Jane. You and I both were on the same page of, at this point, what is going to hurt them by keeping him out until after the bye week. I, I really, the more I'm looking at it and the more things are panning out and, and the way that Cooper Rush has been playing, I, I'm still on that train with you, Jane. I don't know if you're still there too, but I'm okay with keeping Dak out until after the bye week. Um, if anything, the Bears game the week before the bye week to get his uh, his footing on the ground, his mentals back where they need to be, and then go from there. Because I think at this point, risking re-injury is the biggest issue. And I feel like he's so, so close to getting back to fully healthy. That's almost the worst time to get a re-injury because then you're mentally like, oh, well, I'm defeated because now it's going to be instead of a two-week wait, you know how many more weeks on top of that and we had talked about his initial uh, estimation time of being out and we're right on that really so I'm okay with not seeing Dak in rush hour it is and we're okay with that well what did Mike McCarthy say today he said it's a 17 game season yeah and for him it's always been a medical process Mm -hmm. and you know I'd said this a couple weeks ago I thought it was a, a little disrespectful to talk about Dak coming back in four weeks especially from an injury like this and then you know we've since heard him sort of walk it back and say you know it's all about the grip the quickness and getting the ball out but he also said spin on the ball he said that multiple (laughs) times and so when he says something like that multiple times it sounds like that's what doctors and the rehab guys are saying to him and so now he's reiterating that which tells me that I I don't know if we're going to see him against Detroit I, yeah. if, if he's just now beginning to throw and he's doing it at the closed portion of practice, I wasn't beginning. I didn't feel like it was Rams. I didn't feel like it was Eagles. Now I'm beginning to really question if it's Detroit. And I had thrown out this idea of having him wait for the bye week, which is literally only two more weeks. I don't know if they're going to be able to get Dak to wait that long. Yeah, yeah that's that's exactly what I was going to say. I think in, in theory that sounds great, right? Like, sure, it's only two more weeks. Keep him out. But you see how he is out there mm-hmm. with the guys. Like, even when he is throwing with his left hand, he's so engaged. He's, you know, joking around with guys like Zeke and Michael Gallup while they're going through their, you know, rehab progressions early in. So. He's got that starting quarterback mentality. He's got that competitor mentality, right? Like, I don't know that you can – if he feels like I've completed all of the checklists, I've done the work, I've done the rehab, this was the time you guys told me that I needed to sit down, no way. Yeah. Yeah. And no I think, you know, and I think, look, the <laughs> two no ramp way. up games that make sense, they're home games, right? So yeah. I think is I think that's big for Dak. You've got Detroit and then you've got the Bears and then you've got the bye. So I think it could be Detroit or the Bears. Uh, but again, this week, for anyone that was holding out hope that you're gonna see Dak Prescott or that this is just some, you know, them trying to pull the wool over our eyes, mm-hmm. it's not happening. Mike even told us today, yeah. he said, I, I mean, and you know how 
you know, ominous he is with his speaking. <laughs> he literally said, you know, like, we can assume that we are preparing for Cooper Rush to be the starting quarterback on Sunday. He'd so. have to make significant strides. And I think even my colleagues at NFL Network, Ian, uh, Ian Rapport and Tom Pelissero said as much. So, again, if you're hiding his throwing towards the end of practice, and this is the first week he is quote-unquote throwing – and Mike McCarthy wants to see at least a week of him throwing. It makes absolutely no sense that they would see him this week. And like I said, on the game, on a Sunday game, on the road against the Eagles, you're going to see him again. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense, in my opinion, to play him. Um, so yeah, there's th- there's that update. As for Micah Parsons, I thought his play on Sunday is you know we t- it's I think it's premature to talk about a guy only two years in his career as a future Hall of Famer. (laughs) But this is sort of the trajectory that this guy is on. And I think a game like he played, not only the game in New York where he's playing through flu-like symptoms and then to play on the road the way that he did with the Rams through the groin injury and to be such a key part of that final play of that that game says so much about him. But when he tells you he's going to play and he's ready for a game like the Eagles, there's nobody who gets his juices going for a divisional game more than that guy. So I have no reason to believe that the, that the groin is going to be an issue for him in that one either. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he didn't practice today. I saw him kind of off to the side, again, doing the typical rehab stuff that those guys are. But I don't think that Mike is a dishonest person. I think that he would be pretty, you know, he wouldn't maybe say like, oh, I don't think I'm going to play if he didn't think he was going to play. But on the flip side of that, I don't think that he would come out and say, there's no issue in me playing if he had no intent of playing. And we kind of talked about this earlier after listening to Mike uh, McCarthy speak this morning. Uh, Micah is a unique player in that he's not going to lose a stride by missing a Wednesday practice or a Thursday or or even the whole week. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's a guy who takes care of himself outside of the football field, outside of practice. Uh, And, you know, you throw him into the game on Sunday and he's going to figure it out no matter what. So I don't think, especially for this to be a, a big of a division matchup as it is. He's not missing it. You have to put the lion in a cage to keep him off the field for <laughs> this Eagles then, game. Find a way even out. then, he would he would rip it apart and come out. But no, I, I think um, what they did with Micah, even during the Rams game, of giving him those limited reps and putting him in on those third down conversions was huge. So um, even if they have to kind of take that approach, which you know he's not going to love anyways, he wants to be out there every single time the ball is on the on the field and and the defense is there. But um, I, I think when when you look at Micah Parsons, he's such an impact player. And like Haley said, I mean, he he can afford to miss a day. He's not a player that is going to just, you know, take that day off for granted and kick it back and be, you know, a lazy day. No, that's that's not his mentality. And even I firmly believe even if he was just doing rehab, he's still working. That's still work. Football rehab is still work, even if you're not participating in practice. So, yeah, we're. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about Micah. I think Micah, like I said, you're gonna have to put the man in the cage to uh, keep him off the field, and even then, he would find a way out. I think what excites me is the matchup too of seeing Micah Parsons trying to get to a guy like Jalen Hurts because oh, yes. I think Jalen. I, I think a lot of the quarterbacks he's had th- this year. You know, he's done such an admirable job getting to the guys that he's gotten to. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Jalen Hurts is so elusive, and this guy is on one this year. Aisha, when you look at the tape, how hard is it going to be for a Micah Parsons to track a guy, <laughs> track a guy like Jalen? So it honestly, for me, it depends. I I personally would like to see uh, see Micah play more linebacker this game. Um, when you look at the Cowboys' defense and what they do, um, Dan Quinn talked about it in his uh, his interview, his press conference, where he was saying 
that they play very unselfishly. And you see that on tape. Um, what they do, I, I, I don't know if this is the right verbiage. Y'all know I'm still learning. But it's like they funnel guys to the playmakers, right? So when you look at what you're getting from the DT play, we, we didn't talk about it yet, but Quentin Bohana um, didn't play last week. We'll see if he plays this week. Um, the DTs are really doing a lot of the dirty work there in forcing forcing the, the running backs and stuff to the to the um, the ends, to the defensive ends, and they're making the plays. But I'm really looking at with Michael Parsons as the linebacker coming in, I, I think that the linebacker position is going to be important in this game and them trusting their eyes and understanding things. You see Anthony Barr in there directing traffic a lot. Um, even though he's coming along with this defense, I think he's going to be important as well, so maybe Micah can go free sometimes. But I see them really funneling guys to specific playmakers to make the play. Um, really in like the A and B gap, Jalen Hurts is going he has escapability. What they need to do in this game is to contain. This is something they've been working on, really containing the edge and making guys go in the direction of where they want to make these tackles at. I, I think that Micah said in the tone, you look in the, listen to sounds of the sideline, he really is not playing. Like not play, and I think that his interview after the game talking about this I've never been a part of a team like this where we play for each other. You see that on the field. So the rally to the ball this game is going to be important. Tackling, being sure of your eyes, everybody playing their assignment is going to be important in this game. But I specifically think with his elusiveness, it's it's a big driving force for their offense. Like They play so much of their offense off of the RPO. It's very contingent on can he get going. If you want to be real, he's their RB1. I mean, they're getting, they're getting, hey, they're getting. If you look get, at the rushing leaders, absolutely, yes. <laughs> they're getting numbers from Miles Sanders. Like he's getting, you know, he's getting some stuff here and there. But if you're able to minimize this gentleman's runability, you really change how they play offense, and they don't like that. <laughs> and the Cowboys' run yep. defense has been a little suspect. That's the only thing that mm. that worries me. And so I love this idea, this notion that you're like, you know what, I do want him playing as a linebacker to help contain a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're so humble in your knowledge. Fun oh, note. yeah, I'm still right. You've got right. this girl. You've got yes. this girl. And as for Quentin Bohana, he was a full participant. Yeah, today. you speak in my love language, it. Jane, yes. because <laughs> he is, I mean, underratedly has had a really good season. Like a lot of the success that you see from the edges is because the DT position, um, uh, Tristan Tristan Hill, Neville Gallimore, um, I think that last week, uh, also Digizua, he stepped that's up. He guy. had a fantastic. Also, also, that's my guy. Um, but I think their play is going to be important this game again because again, like they can run the ball, but where Jalen likes to escape is through the middle of your defense. So these guys are going to have to come up and tackle, make them pay for it, make yeah. them pay every single time. And I'm sorry, y'all, <laughs> but make them pay every time he puts them. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. Like I, so Micah playing linebacker is 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 what I want to see in this game. Absolutely, absolutely rushing certain positions and certain situations. But, yeah, he needs to be man in the middle of that field and making sure that Jalen's not getting out of there. Something else to keep an eye on, too, is the Eagles' tight end screens because that Ooh, was something sugar, they— honey. Aren't you so proud? Baby, look. <laughs> look, talking to Aisha, I have gained so much football knowledge these last 
few weeks. So love Aisha. You know that. Um, but you know what? I was watching back today and I was watching and I was looking and I was like, oh, man, I feel like my inner Aisha is, is coming out <laughs> with these tight end screens because that's something you always talk about. And tight end Dallas Goddard, Good. that is Jalen Hurts's guy. So if you're going to keep an eye on anybody and we're not even talking about the, the run game, we're talking about the pass game. It is that man. It is tight end Dallas Goddard. Um, we know his first name's Dallas. So it, it gets a little confusing, right, when you're talking about it. But uh, what I noted on here was that he is just so versatile with these screens. And not only that, he can block. The man can block. Yes. So this can be a big challenge because he looked great last week. He also, uh, last week he had eight catches for 95 yards. And he led the Eagles in receiving yards against um, against the Cardinals. And so something to be watched is the Cowboys tackling needs yes, to be ma'am. on par because after he's catching the balls, he's still getting yardage on those tackles. So the Cowboys tackling, defensive tackling, needs to be on par. Off my soapbox now. <laughs> yeah, the girl, I'm telling you, the Eagles got, they got bubble screens, delay screens, uh, jailbreak screens. You need another screen. Baby, like, One more. Do they, they do? sunscreen? Maybe. Oh, that's important. You Listen, should wear sunscreen. Maybe. I'm telling you, you I, sunscreen. But they they do run a lot of screens and credit to Dallas Goddard. Like I, I remember all the controversy with the Cowboys when he got drafted and stuff. And he really has become a a more than formidable uh, tight end. I think he's a really good tight end because he does all of the extra stuff. He's helping guys out in the running game, in the blocking game. But as he's their safety blanket, when 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 Jalen is like, I don't know where I want to throw this ball right yeah. now. Like even if you look at the receivers, you know they're getting some play too. But this guy is a focal point of their offense. And again, Jaron Curse. You know, this is second week back from the injury. He's that that uh, that matchup is actually something I'm very in, interested to see because I think he's in he's a big part of what they do offensively. Yeah, I uh, just wanted to add really quick yeah, while we were it. talking about uh, Jalen Hurts um, and matchups that we're excited to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a piece that we talked about yesterday, just yeah. like previewing the rivalry and uh, between Dallas and Philly. And so I was talking to some of the guys in the locker room about that. And my favorite interview by far today was with Dorrance Armstrong because him and Jalen went to high school together. And so oh. he was talking about all these things, how, you know, like he hasn't had a chance to sack Jalen Hurts yet. So that's on his <laughs> list of things to do. He's already planning like his celebration, go. like when he gets to him on Sunday. Uh, but I think that that's another uh, when you're talking about Micah Parsons and kind of shifting his role, I think that that gives way to people like Dorrance Armstrong mm-hmm. to step in and have another big game like he did on Sunday. So uh, just something to pay attention to no, like now that. that it's kind of out in the world. He's kind of said, you know, like, I got Jalen's number. This is my year yep. type thing. Mm-hmm. And I like that you said when he gets that sack. I like yes. that word. His words, words, not mine. His words, not mine. Guys, I'm such a proud, proud pod mom. <laughs> you know, like, Jess, I've really seen some of your film study step up. Aisha, you've been impressive from the jump. And I just love some of the insight in the locker room. Like When we started this podcast, we really wanted to have smart girls on the show that contributed and had a different voice and so today I'm just kind of sitting back and (laughs) we've become so close literally just in the last couple of weeks but today I'm very very proud of you all All we love our pod mom we love (laughs) pod mom here All right, we are going to take our first break but when we come back we'll give you some injury news and updates I loved some of the Zeke sound uh, from the locker room today and then we'll get a little bit more into this game Uh, and what I think that the Cowboys need to do in order to win this one on the road. It is Girl Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 
At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Welcome back to Girls Talk of Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Ladies, I say what a great deal that is every week. But join now and get your fan pack, exclusive benefits, and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com United for details and Join today. How exciting. We love we love that $20 price. I'm forever going to stick to how cheap that is. I love that. We all love, we're all ballers on a budget. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> all right, so let's give some quick injury news updates. DeMarcus Lawrence was limited in practice with the chest. We saw limited uh, Jason Peters with the chest, but again, not worried about either one of those. Dalton Schultz limited with the knee. I still don't know what I think about uh, where he's at in his process. Yeah. So we'll see that where that one goes. Uh, that breath, though. My goodness, that Aisha. Aisha. Huh? What was that? <laughs> oh, dang, y'all. Y'all can see me. We can hear you. Oh, that too. Shoot, little my passive, bad. Little I was, there. My bad. I was saying that in my head. I didn't mean for it to come out loud. But I'm just, <laughs> I just don't know what's going on with uh, Dawn Shows. My, my thing is, is if I, I want him healthy, if he's out there, and if yeah. he's not healthy, then the guys that are healthy need to be out there. There's two. The Cowboys do too much in 12 personnel and, you know, running the ball for, for these gentlemen not to be able to, you know, do that and be healthy. So I'm just like, pick one. <laughs> well, your Sorry. boy Jake Ferguson was go. a full go. I'm glad. Uh, so that's that's good news for you. So there is uh, some of your injury updates. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Ezekiel Elliott. I love the swag this year, and I, I think some of that comes with being in year seven. One of my favorite things that Dak said was he was talking about he thought he was in year six. Zeke reminded him it was year seven. He said he had kind of blocked out that one year. I can relate, right? Um, but it, I, what I've seen is a transformation about Zeke. And Zeke is one of these players that so many people ask me about off to the side. What's Zeke like? And I'll honestly say he has really evolved into such a mature and more vocal leader in that locker room. I think that th- there was a... A hesitation to be that guy in the first couple of years because of some of the off the field stuff, right? But I think when we've seen Dak go down or guys in the offensive line, 
Uh, Zeke has really sort of stepped it up. And I loved when he was asked about the fact that the Cowboys head into this game as underdogs. And he said, stuff don't matter, man. And he said it uh, less eloquently. (laughs) That underdog stuff don't matter. All we're worried about is the group in the building. And then he further went on to say that it was – he was asked if it was disrespectful to see – to talk about whether Dak was actually the quarterback. And he said, we're the Cowboys. People always have something to say about us. F them. All we care about is what's in this locker room and what's in the building. And to what you said earlier, Micah Parsons, I have not seen this locker room come together the way that they have – since that 2016 rookie season for Dak and Zeke. And to appreciate where this locker room has come from, you'd have to have been covering this team during COVID. And I had put out that report about what some of the players had to say about the coaching staff, and there was a lot of infighting on the defensive side of the ball that led to that being a really crummy year for this team, for lack of a better word. But to see them turn it around as quickly as they did, that, to me, is is something else. And to have done it with so much adversity in the last couple of years. I mean, we lost a strength and conditioning coach around here. Uh, you lost your defensive coordinator. Um, you literally lost your quarterback twice. You lost your defensive end in Demarcus Lawrence. You lost your starting left tackle in Tyron Smith. So I think that's why this thing is so impressive. And to win the way that they did. Remember, I told you guys, if they went on the road against Sean McVay, one of the best offensive minds in the business. I mean, that was a Dan yeah. Quinn game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for them to win on the road the way they did, that everyone would start talking about the Super Bowl and the Cowboys. And I'm seeing lists begin to shift. You know, now this is a team, you know, of 32 teams in the league, a top 10 team that we could see at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Some even saying top five. Which I is mean, wild. There you wild. go. <laughs> Without your starting quarterback. Yeah. That's yeah. what makes it more impressive. And then I think we have to shift the conversation to Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I mean, is this literally a coach of the year performance from him? I think he's got to be in the conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And someone pointed out as well, too, um, in something I was listening to probably on the radio. But with Mike McCarthy, it's so interesting because nobody ever really applauds him when things are going right. You know, nobody goes like, wow, Cooper Rush has led the Dallas Cowboys to a four and run record and they're getting ready to play the Eagles and they might have a shot. Nobody goes that's Mike McCarthy. Mm-mm. But as yeah. soon as, you know, knock on wood, something happens on Sunday, all of a sudden it's, oh, like the Cowboys are frauds. Mike McCarthy doesn't have a handle on it. Uh, and I've I've just, I've really enjoyed getting to know Mike as a person over the last couple of weeks, just sitting into those press conferences. You can see him get a little bit more comfortable, a little less stiff. Uh, and so I just, I agree. I think you can't talk about what this team has done without looking at the leadership because it starts at the top and I think it's really good that the coordinators Dan Quinn in particular are so complimentary of him and they're so good Uh, even Jerry is so good about saying like this whole operation as he always likes to say wouldn't be happening without Mike so I definitely think that's if not now in the future it's obviously a conversation well and I love that you have this perception because you haven't necessarily been around this team the last couple years I know you're from here uh But to have come in to this facility and be around these guys and have sort of this fresh set of eyes on this team and kind of what they're doing right now. Because Mike is – and look, hand up. First year, I think – and I've said this. I think the technology thing and the COVID thing really hampered his ability to connect with the players. Understandably so, too. But the way that they – sort of mimic the things that he's saying and then as we've talked about I feel like he slow plays these guys coming back from injury and I think that's a big big deal 
it's no different. And again, this is a terrible analogy, but just at my work, mentally, I'm, I feel injured right now. And my bosses yeah. are like, come back when you're ready. Do you know how much that makes you want to run through a wall for people? And so yeah. I think that when I look at some of these guys, I don't feel like they're getting rushed back by injury. I think it might be frustrating to them, but I think he is looking out for them. And a lot of teams don't do that. And I think a lot of it, too, is having that continuous conversation, as he likes to say with them, when it comes to injury. He said it's not just multiple conversations. It's a continuous conversation. And something that I really can appreciate about Mike McCarthy is, yes, of course, he puts uh, the importance on the physical injury aspect of it. But the mental health aspect of it, I think, is so huge for Mike McCarthy and, and the culture that he's allowed to open up because he's saying, hey, You know, even look at Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup felt comfortable enough to say, mentally, I'm not there. Mentally, I'm I'm not ready. That is huge because that just shows you the amount of trust that these players have within Mike McCarthy. And, uh, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago. They're using the same language, the ebb and flow and the at the end of the day. I mean, there's all of these terms that that you hear echoed. And it's not even just uh, Mike McCarthy and the players. It's Kellen Moore. It's Dan Quinn. It's Bones Fossil. Everybody is using these terms. And they're so bought into this culture because it's a healthy culture. I mean, really. You, you look at any workplace, you don't want to work for a toxic work environment. It right. doesn't make you want to show up to work. So <laughs> Haley's over going, confirm. I know nothing about that. I've, I've been in a few of those. Yeah. Right? And, and it and doesn't I, make you want to come toxic. to work. And, and there, it was a toxic work environment specifically for the defensive side of the ball two years ago. And, you know, I've, I've gotten into that over the last couple of years about some of the stuff that was said. But some of that was some of the players they brought in and the current players. Mm-hmm. Some of it was the coaching staff. But look how those guys ride for each other. Even Dan Quinn after the game, running up to Trayvon Oh, Diggs, yeah, and just staying like, there, staying there and there, shaking everyone's hands. Because he's up in the booth calling the plays, right? Mm-hmm. So he's not on the field high-fiving these guys. Those are the little things that go so far. And so I don't think you can put your hand, put your finger on one thing that's made this team successful this year. It's a multitude of things, but also people that have bought in. And to your point, Haley, it does start at the top. Mm-hmm. No, I, I also think, too, when you're talking about Mike McCarthy, this is his third year. And I think that it really matters that he's gotten to completely this offseason. I thought it was important for him to do a full install of his system of doing things. And he talked about that so much in training camp. And when he talked to the press about, hey, I'm trying to establish something here. He's trying to get these guys and used to the flow of how things go. And we I remember like a lot of us were like, what they doing? They're taking a day off. What's, what's, what you mean? Yeah. They, got a, they got a day off. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people were like, what are you doing? But he has a way of doing things. It seems different than how a lot of other teams handle stuff. But it's paying dividends at this point. Uh, you listen to these guys, even like sounds of the sidelines. Shout out to you, Alex, because we get to see yes, and Alex. hear what these players feel during the game. And it's it's so valuable because like as we're talking about it, it reassures you. Right. That what you're seeing on the field, what you hear is real. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the interviews you guys are doing, you two ladies are doing. They're saying, yeah, we play for we, you see it on the field and, and you hear it on the sideline. They're coming back, talking to each other, even to your point about, um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott stepping up as a leader. I feel like Tony Pollard has been one of the most vocal I've ever seen him be because he's on, not a very vocal guy. He's, he's done not. Interviews with and, Tony. He's, <laughs> and he's not right. And he's not. But this year. Listen to him. He's mm-hmm. talking to guys on the sideline, going and dapping them up and stuff. Like, there is a legit culture here. And I know it's hard for people to accept because it's the Cowboys. Nothing right. is real. Oh, I don't believe it. Nah. Like, I think a lot of it, too, is like they feel like it's us against them. 
Like they're they're at this yeah. point with all the outside noise and all the conversation and stuff, they had to hone in on each other and what they do well. And I think that they're just finding identity. And, I, and that's important, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think they feel like they just have nothing to lose. Right. I mean, like, there's not a further panic button that you can hit than losing your, your starting, starting quarterback. quarterback. And your left tackle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> on, on the first game. Like, I mean, there's not a whole lot more that can really, you know, like, all right. And then, sure, that first game with Cooper, we were like, okay, like, Cooper did it, but he's not going to do it again. Well, oh, well, he did it again and again. So I just feel like every single week, like, not that they don't take it serious, because it's very clear they take it serious, but they just they go into it with the mentality of, like, what did we just say earlier? YOLO. Right? <laughs> YOLO. Like. Well, and it's very different than when Andy Dalton was their backup. That mm. locker room did not rally around Andy Dalton the way that they do Cooper Rush, and that's why we have talked about this in the last couple of weeks. People wanted them to go on the street, pull a guy in, have him lead the offense but these guys told us and a lot of us didn't believe it because we didn't see it with our eyes and we weren't in the locker room there's so much in the media we think we know but we're not privy to right these guys had the ultimate confidence in him and I was even talking to uh, Zach Martin a couple of weeks ago and just the way that he was talking about how Cooper will pull Dak aside and say, hey, I saw this, or how smart he's... It's almost like he was describing a Kellen Moore to me, the way they talked about Kellen Moore. And I think it was Wink Martindale a couple of weeks ago uh, for the Giants when he was saying this guy's going to be a coordinator one day. I don't think any of us looked at Cooper Rush and thought that. I think a lot of us sort of disrespected Cooper Rush. And I'll say a lot of us, I did. I literally thought this is a guy that literally... The Giants let go. He, you know, he clears waivers. I felt the way. Thirty-one other teams didn't want him. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a really incredible story for Cooper Rush. I'm going to be interested to see how this story progresses as the season goes along. Because, look, I do worry about Dak coming back and struggling, and I worry about it specifically because the offense and Cooper and Cooper Rush have done well because Cooper's not trying to do too much. They're simplifying the offense. When he needs to throw the deep ball, he does. His receivers are finally running the right routes. You've got a guy like Michael Gallup on the field that's able to take some pressure off of CeeDee Lamb. So some of these things are coming together. And by the way, like I said, your offensive line is playing really, really well. Really going to be interesting to see what Jason Peters looks like when you plug him in more. But I just don't want to see Dak, as any of us would, when you feel like you've been gone for a while and somebody else is edging you out a bit, that you have to press. That's a human thing to do. That's not it. That's not a knock on Dak. That's a human thing to do. I think yeah. he's been here, but I think he's. I think I just feel like with Dak Prescott specifically, he's one of those guys. When you look at his story, when you look at everything he's been through from from high school to now, I find it very difficult to just doubt his. You know where he is and what he's capable of doing. Also, too, I feel like he's he's talked about pressure before. He's talked about controlling the things he can control and. Honestly, also he's also talked about. Uh, we talked about it yesterday with Jury. He had a um, she had she put out an interview he had, and he was talking about how things are simple for him now. How it's it's cal- everything's slowing down for him. He's calmer now, and I just feel like coming back into this offense with how heavily they are re- relying on the run, play action stuff like that. He should be able to come in here and it be 
an like an, a simpler transition for him. I feel like some of the pressure that you you know you're talking about for him to want to press should be taken away with the ease of hey, I have guys around me. I have a team that has the capability to come together and play without me. I have special teams who will come in and make plays for me as we well. We have not talked about that. Yeah, enough. we got to get there. We got to get there, yeah. but I just I really feel like some of the pressure maybe he felt in years past where this defense wasn't this good, where the special teams, which we haven't talked about, has improved a lot in the last couple years as well, statistically. Like, he doesn't, he should not feel like he has to have all the weight of his shoulders on his shoulders. And I feel like he said, you know, he's kind of said that and hinted to that in his interviews lately. So, I don't know. I'm I'm not as worried about him because I feel like he'd been here before. I also really love that Mike McCarthy was asked about the theme of resilience and why he mm-hmm. picked that before the season even started. Why resilience? He said, it's just this group. And, you know, I, I don't think any other word can describe this team any better because they have gone through so much in these last few weeks alone, I, I mean, before the season even started, you had Tyron Smith that was injured and the, the sky was already falling before game one even started. And then, um, you know, the shift at the O-line and then Dak goes down and I just will never forget walking out of the stadium and all of the Cowboys fans were so defeated. Everybody like, will say The it. season is over. <laughs> well, oh, no. And, and reasonably so. We didn't know what to expect out of Cooper Rush. Nobody expected Cooper Rush to come out and play like this. Really, nobody did. Um, I, I think the team did but out out on the outside looking in it's it's much easier to speculate like oh we've only seen him win one game as, as a Cowboys starter it was it was easy to fall on, on on that side of it but I think the word resilience is just so key for this entire team but Dak Prescott especially I think if if the timing is right for him to come back he's going to know that and and I really think Dak is going to say yes I want to be out on the field but I also think he's going to you know, take his mental health serious like Michael Gallup does and did with that injury to say, all right, maybe not yet, but looking forward. And the good thing about all of this, and I've said it, is Cooper Rush has now given the padding to this team that Dak can take his time to come back and he does not have to feel rushed. He does not have to feel like he has to put the weight of the world on his shoulders when he comes back. He can slowly ease back in. He doesn't have to. But will he? Because he's a human. Yeah, that's you know? what I was and just so, getting ready to say. I, I understand where you're coming from in that, and I know that Dak's going to take it seriously. But, you know, we're not talking about a guy who's in his third, you know, like he he's done this before. He knows what it looks like. Mm-hmm. He knows his body. And I you, you see it when he's, when he's out there. You see him at practice. Like he is just itching to get back out and and I'm glad you said that earlier the the competitive side of it comes out because sure him and Cooper are boys you see it on the sideline you see how they interact when they're around each other but Dak's the starting quarterback he feels that and I wouldn't be surprised if he did feel a little bit slighted sometimes where it's like dang like what about me like you know like you guys are so worried about my hand like y'all forget (laughs) I can ball like and 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 to your point like it's human it's natural to feel like that we've all felt like that so like again for sure he's gonna he's gonna take the time but like I said earlier as he checks those boxes off like the 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 window for him to be patient is (laughs) is gonna close because That's what competitors do. That's what starting quarterbacks do. Well, Drew Brees, I saw this because I covered something very similar in New Orleans. Remember, Teddy Bridgewater went on a run for them. Mm -hmm. He was itching to get back, and he did the same stuff that I— Drew Brees and uh, Dak remind me a lot of each other, Mm -hmm. just the way they approach the game, the way they galvanize the locker room, who they are. Um, But watching his pregame warm-up, which I always joked when they they talked about Dak's dance, I'm like— 
Drew Brees has been doing that forever. Like that was a Drew Brees thing. And so I, I just remember watching kind of the push back for him. And it was a healthy locker room. Everyone loved Teddy, but Teddy knew his role. And so that's why they've they've it's fascinating how this front office and Jerry have sort of gotten lucky in the last couple of years with draft picks with some of these injuries and the guys replaced. I mean, we haven't even talked about what do you do with Tyron Smith when he comes back yeah. because of the way that I, Tyler Smith is playing. Is it luck, though? Because, like, they be telling us, like, no, we evaluated this guy here. And then we question who, like, everyone else questioned Tyler Smith. We did that. But they told us, like, no, this guy is an adequate left tackle. And he ended up being, I think, a lot of, like, I think that they, they drafted, especially defensively last year, they drafted with a purpose. That's why you see Osa and Neville. And, like, a lot of these guys really come along. Chauncey Goldstein. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I do think it's interesting what's going on with the Dak Prescott thing. I don't want it to be any contention. And I don't think it will be. Yeah. I don't want it to be any contention. And I also feel like I what I what I was saying is that I don't feel like this should affect his I – don't, I don't think that – I think the way that the Cowboys are playing ball right now – puts him in a better position to not feel pressure to press. And yeah. like you guys are talking about, you yeah. know, even with the competitive nature, I'm like, I don't want him to feel like that. I don't know. Like you guys are feel. are you sensing that he feels pressure? Something- no, I just think it's a human thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I particularly after a win on the road against Sean McVay and the Rams. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a big game. Yeah. And if he gets another big win. Especially against yeah. the Eagles. Another, yeah. That's where and we're talking, And we're talking primetime. I mean, undefeated. he won the Minnesota Vikings game primetime. Everyone's seeing. Go, you yeah. know, it's like yeah. when you start winning some of these games, I just, no matter how much I love somebody that I've worked with, like, it, it starts to happen. You're like, yeah. oh, you start of getting a little, it happens. Yeah. No matter how much I want to see them succeed, too, you, it gets in your head. And so that's the only thing I say about, you know, Dak is I I truly hope the game slows down for him. And I hope he doesn't put too much of this on himself. But he will, as anyone will. So there's going to be just – I think there will be a little of adjustment when he comes back. Something yeah. that I would be interested in seeing if it's possible. And, and you're talking about taking the pressure off of him as much as, as, much as possible uh, come his return time. We've seen with the injuries and how the Cowboys have handled them, these ramp-up phases. And you see Jason Peters with his ramp-up, how he's slowly integrated back in at that uh, position. Now, I'm wondering if at some point we see Dak with a ramp-up with Cooper Rush. Cooper so Rush is your starting. Playing. Play him a few reps, you know, come maybe Detroit, and then maybe see maybe see him a little it's bit the, more well, come oh, Chicago. I hear what you're saying, and it's not terrible because they did that a little bit with, like, the again, I use the Saints as, as a comparison. They kind of did that a little with the Taysom Hill. Yeah, that's James what Wiz, made me you know, All of, of that. I just think Dak's not dissimilar from, like, a Zeke in the sense that he needs the reps to get going in his confidence. So I don't see them doing that, but I understand why you would bring that up. And it's not terrible. I do think, though, when you get into the postseason, you could see them utilizing the talents of Mm. both. That's interesting. uh, And getting creative with this offense. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. What's going to be interesting is us taking a break and having three minutes when we come back (laughs) because we've had so much to talk about. All right, we're going to take our final break, but we come back. We've got past interference and just a few things, a few notes about the Eagles because we've spent so much time talking about the Cowboys. But this is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. 
That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. You are listening to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating. But first... Live music fans, head to the Star in Frisco on Wednesday, October 26th for a brand new monthly concert series, Sounds of the Star, featuring the spectacular Southern Soul Band, Prophets, and Outlaws. The concert kicks off at 7 p.m. and is free and open to the public. For more info, please visit thestarinfrisco.com. Sounds fun. All right, we've got a minute to go here. I was going to get into the Eagles, but we'll get into that a little bit more on uh I guess later this week. It's already Wednesday. Uh, but you've got so many threats, I think, offensively when you talk about this Eagles team. Hurts with his rushing touchdowns, his six leads the league. Um, only, well, actually, Nick Chubb has seven. So there's your other rushing leader. <laughs> and then when you look at these other guys, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, the only team with three players with 300-plus receiving yards in 2022. We haven't seen that uh, from the Eagles since 1962. So we knew when they got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, yeah. things were going to get ugly for them. So that's going to be the challenge for the Cowboys. Uh, we'll see what they do in terms of defensively matching up against that. Loved what you said earlier. Micah Parsons, we'll see him more at linebacker perhaps. Past interference from you. I love that you brought up the 60s because Woo! I wanted to see the Cowboys' largest victory against the Eagles and that score difference. That was actually October 9th, 1966. The Cowboys scored 56 points and the Philadelphia Eagles only scored seven. So maybe some good juju there with, with that past interference uh, this week. There Girl, you could have used last year when they you know, got 20 points each time. I'm, <laughs> I'm, well, that show. gives us something to talk about tomorrow because interference. we heard about that. There you go. <laughs> uh, girls, thank you so much for 45 minutes of levity and for your friendship this week. I really appreciate you all. And thank you the fans that have stuck with the show. Like I said, I'm so proud of it. So proud of the contributions of every single one of you. And Haley, I'm so glad we to see a little bit more on this show because I think yes. you have a lot to it. My goodness. I love uh, it. Thanks uh, for having me. All right. Well, me. we will see and talk to all of you on our next show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!